Welcome, you guys, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, to get real, real with you for a change of pace, I wanted to talk about my depression. You know, I've had so much to be grateful for in this life, and that's why I do this. Uh, But yeah, I've lived in emergency mode for the majority of my life. I've just looked at life through wondrous eyes, wondering when uh, something good was gonna come my way. Are we just destined for mediocrity, us regular working folks? What's the deal? How do we break through to the next echelon, you know? And I got to thinking a lot about uh, some of my celebrity heroes. I don't have a lot of them, but I have a few, and I want to talk about that. So I want you guys to keep an open mind when you're uh, hearing this. Uh, It's just one big sort of um, free-for-all. I didn't write or script anything. I just wanted to speak from the heart of why I'm sort of backpedaling in my depression and why it's taken so long to get the new show up and going. Um, I feel very good about the show itself and I'm really excited to give that to you but at the end of the day yeah depression's a motherfucker and I want to talk about that. I think you guys can relate to Rebecca and my plight and that's why we want to serve you. We want to work for you guys. We want to work for regular working folks. We want to talk about the things in our society that most people don't have the courage to talk about. And we want, frankly, to, you know, hopefully be a beacon of positivity and hope that, yes, regular folks can be successful. Yes, regular folks can have good, robust living. And yes, us regular working people, there is a ray of sunshine at the end of the rainbow. So thank you guys so very much for your friendship and support. I hope you guys uh, learned something uh, new about me here. And if you can relate to to this, I all the better. Thank you guys so much for your friendship and support. And let's begin. Welcome one, welcome all to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. Welcome aboard, you guys. So today, you guys, I've got something to admit. I have an admission to make, and I think I'm in the right place, because if you're listening to this show, chances are you're a little bit like us, and that's okay. Uh, Yeah, I'm just going through a little bit of depression, to be quite frank and earnest. <laughs> and... um you know, I, I I struggle to find the words because it's not the worst depression I've ever felt, but it's certainly keeping me from doing what I want to do right now, which is to connect with my audience and get this new show up and going, Chef Bry's Food for Thought. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel like... Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's today I woke up <clears throat> and I get coffee and, uh, you know, doing pretty good, doing okay, you know. And then um, for, for whatever reason, sometimes I feel like there's pieces of shard in my brain where there's some trauma or something just nagging at my brain that I have to get off my chest before I can sort of move on. And maybe that's the 
machinations of somebody with OCD or somebody who's a perfectionist, or maybe it's just somebody with a little bit of, uh, you know, depression. I'm not sure, but I just, um, I woke up today and I just had to find out why Anthony Bourdain killed himself. (laughs) You ever get those just random thoughts? I just, I had to know, like ever since he died, just like Chris Cornell, just like Chester Bennington, just like Robin Williams, I've been just sitting here wondering what could be so bad that you would do such a thing, you know, because I have depression and I have contemplated the worst before. And, um, you know, it's a serious subject, you guys. It really is. You know, there's been times in my life where I haven't felt good enough. There's been times in my life where I put on a brave face and smiled, even though that's not what I was feeling. I'm sure you guys relate to that. And there's been times in my life where I had so much good in my life going on, but I just couldn't appreciate it in the moment. And that's not really what I'm going through today, you know. You know, the one good thing I will say about my depression is that um, I get a great sense of satisfaction out of what I'm doing, even though I know that, um, you know, I get discouraged. I, I get discouraged because I think the world has become less compassionate. Frankly, I feel like the world has become more brutal. I feel like people have gotten stupider and dumber and less emotionally intelligent. And as a result, intelligent, sensitive people are kind of hung out to dry to fend for themselves in this world. And uh, maybe you relate to that. But that's not to say that there aren't all kinds of great people and great things. There are. There absolutely is. And I, I cling to that every single fucking day. But yeah, I had to figure out why, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I've been aching for four years ever since he passed away, Anthony Bourdain. And um, I I just, you know, when Chris Cornell died, my heart sank and I immediately started crying because he was one of my favorites. And I'm not one of those people that's into celebrities and celebrity gossip and hero worship and celebrity worship. I really am not. Um, But there's a handful of people that just, I think, broke through the bullshit of celebrity culture and of uh, just, I don't know, they just, there's something about them that was genuine and salt of the earth. And um, I've always sort of uh, gravitated towards those people who can slice through the bullshit of life and get to what is real. And I thought he was one of those people. And I've just been trying to figure out how a person with money and wealth and celebrity and all these people that adore you and worship you could, uh, possibly feel empty inside and possibly feel so forlorn that you would jump to such extreme conclusions. You know, it's like, what hope is there for the rest of us who are working regular jobs with regular pay and uh, aren't nearly as loved and adored, you know, even though, you know, that's the thing. And that's, that's what this here show is about is uh, we want to be able to compete with the big podcasts like Joe Rogan like Mark Marin, like Bill Burr, not because we're big shit celebrities, but because of content quality, frankly. And at the end of the day, what we're hoping and relying on is that you guys out there like a show a little bit more renegade, a little bit more from real people, and that you don't need, because I feel like the growth 
of celebrity culture and celebrities is 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 exponential in that oh they're famous oh then i guess i like them too there's kind of a jump on the bandwagon about that you know and so when when a, a show is hosted by somebody who's not famous it's like oh who is this person well what does it fucking matter if you're enjoying yourself what does it matter why does our culture cling to what's popular why do does our culture let other people do all the thinking for us think for your fucking self and enjoy what you like and and that's what this show's all about is hopefully we're putting out thoughtful content that you like because it's fun and it's informative and it's silly and it's thoughtful and it can be all these things and it's not because you're trying to grapple on to me as a celebrity but you're grappling on to us as human beings that's what makes this unique and special and far too often i deal too much frankly with waking up feeling like this world is bullshit that there's just so much horseshit in the world, you know? And and then that's where people would say, well, you're just too negative. Yeah, I have depression. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> it's, not be, it's, it's not that I don't enjoy life because there's so much I enjoy. And my depression has gotten so, so, so much better in the sense that it, it's lessened in severity. It's lessened in... Um, quality or quantity and and frankly uh it's much more manageable to a point where i like to incorporate my sadness and um life angst into the content that i provide and into who i am on a daily basis because what do i have to hide there's not there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of morose there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of you know um intellectual melancholy if you will but i woke up today and i just had to know you know i'd been healing for four years kind of like a like a coma patient i just didn't want to get anywhere near anything anthony bourdain or chris cornell or anybody because it just was too hurtful it was just i didn't want to deal with it i didn't want to deal with it and i didn't want to hear about it and then i guess all of a sudden like a coma patient coming out of a coma i was like okay i'm ready and so, you know, two years ago, I bought that documentary on voodoo called Roadrunner. It's a documentary about the life and times of Anthony Bourdain, and it goes into some of his final years. And uh, today, you know, I just went on YouTube and watched various articles trying to figure out what was his final days like? Why did he let this happen? Why did Chris Cornell let this happen? You know, I was just in the shower today uh, hearing a song from chris cornell you know and that song by audio slave comes on with chris cornell on a cobweb afternoon in a room full of emptiness by a freeway i confess i was lost in the pages of a book full of death reading how we'll die alone and if we're good we'll lay to rest anywhere we want to go and uh you know this whole we'll let you know we'll die alone thing you know he died alone in a motel room by himself not with his family and um, I've got my theories about what it was like for Chris Cornell in his final days, because I've thought a lot about it. And, you know, I'm not one of these people whose happiness hinges on the happiness of others. My happiness doesn't hinge on whether or not, you know, Chris Cornell lives or, or isn't alive or not, because he was his own 
person. I mean, I never met the guy, um, but he just was a major part of my heart. I loved his singing. I loved his songs. I loved his lyrics. I loved his soul. I just thought he was a great dude. And um, part of you dies when that goes away. Same with Anthony Bourdain. Same with Chester. Same with Robin Williams and, and a whole bunch more. You know, and at the end of the day, what it boils down to is um, we're just these critters that have this finite time on this rock, this life with with people and family. And and um, <clears throat> part of the reason why I get so offended today by capitalism is because, you know, it's kind of like that song. Um, how's it go? You know, it's that uh, bittersweet symphony by the Verve. You know, uh, trying to make ends meet, you're a slave to money, then you die. You know, that stuff always appealed to me because at the end of the day, I mean, life should be about so much more than the acquisition of money. And when you see how it guides our politics and it guides our society and it guides people's thinking and it guides fitness culture, it guides celebrity culture. At the end of the day, some people just, it's not that we're anti-capitalist, we're anti-horseshit. <laughs> we just want life to make sense. We want there to be um, a minimum standard for everyone so that we can move on and ascend to the higher level of life and existence because at the end of the day if all you're doing is chugging 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 to stay alive how on the fucking earth are you ever gonna evolve and get to a point where other things start mattering art literature love relationships family you can't have a family if all you're doing is working 40 and then you come home and you drink a beer and you plop down and you pass out and you go back and you do it the next day. And I know I'm painting that as a kind of a harsh picture. I know there's people out there who do it and do it well and do it right. And I get that, you know, and that's why I'm not entirely against capitalism. I grew up in the same earth on the same planet as you guys. I get it. I worked out there for 35 years. I know what it's like. And it's not all bad. You make friends, you make acquaintances, sometimes you get promotion, sometimes good things happen. I know that. But doesn't it feel anymore that most people are just shucking and jiving for the company anymore, that we're not really finding a quality of life? And so what do we do? We spend all our time and money just trying to stay away from the problems, trying to stay away from each other and trying to stay um, you know, just going to concerts and traveling and doing whatever the fuck we can to avoid the fact that our real job isn't really our heart, you know? And that's why I'm doing this here today, because it is my heart. I love doing this, and I love people at their best when they're intelligent and sensible and just funny and fun-loving and goofy and silly. And don't take themselves overly serious. Yeah, we can be serious. We can be sophisticated. You know, the the one thing I have learned about life is that you have to be one part teddy bear and one part grizzly bear. You got to be one part cute and one part fierce. You know, and that was a thought that occurred to me today. You got to be fierce. People respect fierce. People um, don't always respect you when you're kind. They don't always respect you when you're nice. And so sometimes we can't be nice to certain people. We can't, 
We can't allow ourselves to let our guards down because too many people will exploit us, hurt us, take advantage of us, talk shit behind our back, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, there's just a lot of cold-hearted bastards out there, and it's unfortunate. It really is. Grow the fuck up, you know? People need to grow the fuck up. So I'm just watching stuff, various videos on um, about Anthony Bourdain, and, you know, and it seemed like he had a, he just, he felt like a sham. He felt like a fraud, um, even though he wasn't. You know, I felt like that my first years as a chef. I thought, what am I doing here? I'm, I grew up poor in apartments. I don't know anything about fancy, you know, but I was a kick-ass chef and I, I had a flair for it. And like Anthony Bourdain, he talks about kitchen staff as being the freaks of, and geeks and, um, the, the, those discarded, uh, from society. They're, we're the, you know, we're the, lovable losers if you will we're the we're the tough ones we're the real ones we're the you know we're as, as salt as uh, of the earth as it gets you know and i've worked enough in kitchens and cooking to know that um there's a lot of horseshit out there but there's a lot of good people working out there too and oftentimes working for a boss that's not so nice and for pay that's not so great it's like where's the fucking incentive you know and that's why people like anthony bourdain and gordon ramsay and all the good chefs move on from cooking you can't make a good living at just cooking you got to do something else when you have a big giant creative heart you got to go somewhere with it and that's what i'm doing you know so i learned you know that anthony bourdain um you know, he just felt a little bit like, what am I doing here? Uh, I think the quote was, he found the best job in the world by accident. You know, he became a writer. He he, he wrote a best-selling book called Kitchen Confidential in 2000. And then by 2003, 2004, he was already on television and then show after show. And he was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And his books were selling. And he, he became, in essence, um, the world's tour guide. And he had a depth about him, a worldliness about him, uh, every man characteristic that I think everybody on some level could identify with. And I do too. And I like to think I have that too. I just, I don't always uh, know how to be myself in a world that I find is so hypercritical. But I think he said uh, he he felt like his life was like stealing a fancy car and that you're taken off with this nice car and you expect the police to just um, blare their sirens at you any moment, but they never did. And <laughs> like his life was a sham, like he didn't deserve to be there. And yet he did. Uh, you know, we all deserve to be wherever we're at. It's just that the world, you know, he was one of those few real souls that got lucky, despite the fact that the vast majority of people who get lucky are full of shit. They're not hardened. They didn't get there the hard way like he did they didn't have heroin addictions and all these problems most people you know just learn to conform they learn to kiss butt and conform and pretty soon because of their positivity their toxic positivity sometimes <laughs> they become part of these institutions and then they make a lot of money and now we all you know have to call them ma'am and sir <laughs> And I know that's an oversimplification. I'm not trying to talk ill of people succeeding. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of success and hard work. Um, not everybody had what Anthony Bourdain had. And I'm not going to sit here and say that every person who makes it is a, 
is a sellout or a or a or a or a bad person. That's not true. That's not true. But it does feel sometimes like the world is taken over by, you know, shallowness by Kardashians and TikTok and you know anti-intellectualism. It's unfortunate, you know. The world, there's so much great stuff to explore, and some people just don't want to. They just don't have the impetus to want to find depth, and that's a fucking shame. But that's not why I'm here, you guys. I'm not here to wax negative, because I'm not a negative person. I'm a very positive person. I constantly am grateful for my life. Um, But growth is hard, and success is hard, and uh, trying to make people happy in this world in a society full of highly critical, judgmental people, you just got to say fuck all those people and be yourself. Because at the end of the day, Jesus Christ, man, that's what I mean about being fierce. You have to be one part teddy bear and one part grizzly bear because, you know, I've noticed when I lift weights and I have a beard, nobody fucks with me. And you know what? Yeah, I guess that is a little bit of my uh, way of showing some alpha dominance. It's my way of um, protecting my gentle and tender heart from a, a world, frankly, who that will, you know, eat you alive, that will stab you in the back, that will talk behind your back. And, and uh, I've just never, never understood why the world had to be so calloused and cruel and why people just love gossip. I don't get it. I don't get it. There's so much fun stuff to explore in this world, and that's why we do the show about psychology and mental health and the paranormal. We want to we see the limits of the human existence, and I think the paranormal encapsulates that perfectly. You know, depression's a bitch, you guys. I've got so much great stuff coming, and I really want to put on a good show for you guys. And some days I just go, why bother? <laughs> so so the, so so that strangers can crit- critique me and criticize me and call me names on YouTube, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh there's a certain anonymity on radio that I like and I'm not looking forward to going over to camera, but um it's like it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm going to do it anyways because I think it'll be fun. And I'm my hope is that you guys see the real me and that you accept me warts and all because i'm a good person and i've worked hard on this i've heard i've worked hard in this life and it's been nothing but emergency mode for as long as i can remember and i did this because i just felt like people need a voice they need someone to to guide regular folks through the muck and the mire of regular joe living regular folks you know, middle-class America, middle America, working-class heroes. They need a voice, and I wanted to be that voice, and I I think I'm turning into that voice. Uh, I'm not perfect, but uh, I, I, think, I think I'm doing okay. And I hope that you'll go on this journey with us with the YouTube. Uh, Chef Bry's Food for Thought, Paranormal Roulette. It's going to be a lot of fun, you guys. But, yeah, I'm having trouble getting, getting motivated. Um I'm excited about life most of the time. And then every once in a while, you just, it's almost like you know that shit's not going to work out. And then it doesn't. And is that a self-fulfilling prophecy? Did you, did you, you know, 
sabotage yourself through negative talk and negative thinking? Or is it just that you know and understand as an empath the truest nature of life, that most people aren't born rich, or most people don't get rich, they're born rich, or they just know people. And oftentimes, it's not about the content of your character, and it's not about how much you know or how good you are. It's about who you know or where you are or or uh, things like that, you know? And I'm really scared that the even though I know the content of my, con- uh, content of my character is pure, I know that my work ethic is correct. I know that uh, I'm fierce enough. I know that I'm smart enough. And I know that I'm ready for prime time. But I'm just, there's this part of me that feels like the world isn't ready for you, Brian, because people don't want to get real. Bunch of TikTokers and idiots that don't want to know what's really up. They don't want to know. They want to live with their head buried in the sand pretending that everything's going to be okay, that capitalism is wonderful, and they're going to listen to The weekend, and they're going to listen to Post Malone, and they're never going to uh, explore outside of that. They're never going to learn the old vinyl stuff. They're never going to get deeper into the, what, the heart of what life could really be when you start exploring literature and start exploring music and art and love, I just, I'm afraid that it's like a two-dimensional society that's going to judge me who has a three-dimensional heart. Does that make sense? And I'm sorry if I'm coming off incorrect. I'm trying my best to explain myself that I want to do this because I love my audience and I like people in general. I really do. Um, but there's a whole lot of shit out there that just feels like it's going to get in the way because you don't have the right personality, Brian. And yet I am a very optimistic person a lot of the time. It's just that my depression, it's almost like it's tied to my empathic ability to see the world as it really is. And I'm trying to dare myself to go out of my comfort zone and forget what you think you know, Brian, and go out and do it anyways. The right people will see you, the right people will like you, and the right people will help you uh, rise to where you need to be. Not to be wealthy, fuck no. Just to have a career doing what you love. Voice work. Talking about life. Talking about the past. Talking about cuisine and culture. Talking about psychology and talking about people talking about life that's what i want to do that's what i love to do and that's i'm hoping that you like me enough to let me do that for you but i've learned you know i've i've been doing this for almost two years you guys and in that time i've had four well i say four falling outs but it was Four instances of falling outs the last time with a group of ladies that were on Rebecca's makeup group uh, who will stay anonymous because it's not important. But there's people out there, you guys, that will they will cancel you. They will try to cancel you despite not knowing what's in your heart. You know, I'm a grumpy, crusty guy. I have my coping mechanisms, but I'm also a caring, loving guy. And I love life and I love exploring 
the unique aspects to life, the more interesting aspects to life, because I want to get down to the bottom of, are ghosts real? Are there aliens hovering around up there in the skies? Did the Big Bang really happen? Is God a real thing, or did we just kind of make it up because we needed that? We needed to feel like there was a sky father out there that, that loved us. I want to know the truth. I'm, you know, if this was the matrix, I would take the blue pill because I want to know the harsh reality instead of the gussied up version where you take the red pill and uh, you wake up tomorrow in the matrix or you wake up tomorrow taking the blue pill and you know that, you know, the reality, Zion, fucked up, tattered clothing, Mush for food. (laughs) At the end of the day, I love life, though. That's the thing. I really do. I love life. And I hope that you can go on this journey with Rebecca and I in a way where we can explore and learn and grow. Uh, I cannot tell you how much I've grown in the last two years just because of doing this for you guys. And maybe that's why my depression isn't as severe as it used to be. Maybe that's why my depression, um, you know, allows me to experience joy and allows me to experience love and gratitude. And it allows me to express myself freely. But yeah, if I'm being honest, you know, I, I love people. I love life. But I'm not always happy with the way things are because look around you guys, the political corruption, the political divisiveness, the economy, the supply chain issues, coronavirus, Ukraine, tyrants like Putin. And 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 it seems like the more money we earn, the less in touch we become with what what's important. And so I don't really want fame or wealth. I want comfort. I want freedom, and I want friends, friendships, and to be myself. I just want to be able to be loved for who I am. And it's just unfortunate that we feel as these, you know, flesh and blood human beings that we have to feel like we always have to put up a brave face. We always have to be stoic. We always have to be mean. We always have to be gnash our teeth. We always have to have our claws halfway out just in case someone's going to come around and screw with us and that's not that shouldn't be it shouldn't be but there's people out there you guys they're sociopaths they're idiots they're assholes they're jerk offs whatever you want to call it those people exist and uh, maybe i just spend too much time thinking about that as an empath i feel it i sense it i sense people's hate i sense people's judgment and wrath and ridicule and it's like good grief Don't you guys have something better to do? Idle hands, man. Idle hands will find hate and and darkness in everything and and in everyone. And I'm not that. That that is for sure. I I have, you know, a 90s emo heart. That's for sure. I have a dark soul. I have a dark passenger, if you will. Sure, sure. I think a lot of us do, especially folks dealing with mental health problems dealing with depression but you know 
I have more good days than bad. Even, even with fibromyalgia and a chronic pain condition, I have way more good days than bad. And that's why I wanted to come here to say, hey, do you have a chronic pain condition? Do you have chronic anxiety? Do you have chronic depression? Well, so do I. And that shouldn't get in the way of your hopes and dreams and you're fulfilling your life to its fullest, at least as much as you possibly can. And if without a little bravery to say, fuck it, how are you ever going to know if you're going to get there, you know? And so I wanted to be the type of person that to be a teacher and a carer and a lover and a healer and to show you, hey, I'm not doing this because I'm not afraid. I'm doing this despite the fact that I that I am afraid. And when you leave your comfort zone, you leave that bubble, that comfort bubble where everything is safe and you don't know what's going to happen and it's scary. And there's going to be people out there who you worry about. There's going to be people out there you can't trust. There's going to be people out there who are going to mischaracterize you. And it happens all the time. It's already happened to me in, in two years. And these people don't know me. They've never been to my house. I've never invited them for a meal. But they think they know you. They don't. <clears throat> Rebecca and I are good hearts, good, down-to-earth working people, you know? And yeah, I've had to learn to grow tough. I've had to learn to grow intelligent. I've had to learn to fight in this life because people will take advantage of you. People will screw you over. People will get the wrong idea. People have no sense of humor anymore. So fuck those people, right? (laughs) At the end of the day, Rebecca and I love people. We want to have fun. We want to put on a good show for you guys. And we want to do thoughtful content. And we want to take this as far reaching as we can. Maybe we'll get on XM. Maybe we'll get, you know, we'll replace Howard Stern when he retires. Who knows? I'm just saying, you know, you can't depend on crazy shit like that happening. But there's nothing wrong with dreaming, you guys. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, I'm just a dreamer. I'm just a silly heart. I just want to have fun before I leave this earth. It's so short, you guys. It really is. It's so dang short. And I just want to apologize if this is a little bit rambly. This this was not a prepared statement. I just, um, I want you guys to know that, yeah, I'm hurting on the inside right now. I miss my grandparents. I miss my, my dad who died in 2010. My grandma died in 1999, my grandfather in 2006, and yeah, everybody deals with that. I know that. I'm worried because my grand, my, my mother and my in-laws are all getting older. They're all in their 70s now, and 50s suck, dude, because this is, this is where your parents die. This is the, the era where things, bad shit starts happening. People start getting health problems. People start disappearing from your life and there's this gut punch i talked about it on the last episode there's this gut punch of knowing that all these bad things are going to come you know and um 20 years ago if you had told me that that by 2020 2023 you know that there would be this much hate this much violence this much mass shootings in this country i would have said no way we're evolving we're getting there we're getting better And I don't know that we always are because hate is taught. Hatred is a taught thing. 
and it, it it's taught by insecure, hateful people. And that's what's wrong with insecurity, is that those who can do like to mock those who can do. And those who can't think the higher thoughts like to tear down those who can. And that's why we're here. We're here to fight for the little guy. I saw a shirt the other day on Amazon because I was thinking about something and I wrote, you know what I miss? I said, I'm, a, I'm like hashtag underdog. I'm the biggest fan of underdogs. If, if, if there's a World Series, <clears throat> if there's a championship, an NBA, if there's a, you know, just like uh, last weekend, the, the Super Bowl, I always root for the underdog. Always, 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 always root for the uh, underdog. Unless your team's there, you know, like I'm a Dodger fan and, <laughs> you know, they're not exactly um, the underdog. But, uh, you know, I grew up on the Dodger, so sometimes you have to make exceptions. But at the end of the day, it's all about underdogs. But I was, I was on uh, Amazon and I saw an underdog shirt. There used to be a cartoon in the 70s. His name was Underdog, and it was basically just this this pooch that wears, like, crappy pajamas and a cape, and he's Underdog. <laughs> but that's who I am in a nutshell. I'm, in a, I'm the ultimate hashtag Underdog. Um, <laughs> you know, Rebecca and I fight for the lovable losers. The Underdogs. That's who we are. We fight for underdogs, period, end of statement. <laughs> and um, I don't take this for granted. I don't. I love doing this. Not just for my own sense of therapy, but because I know even though our audience is small, our audience is loyal, our audience is good, our audience is curious, our audience wants to know more, our audience wants to learn. How do you be more, I don't know, progressive, small p progressive, not politics, fuck politics. How do you be more forward thinking in a society so that we get rid of all the, the old tired shit in our society, getting rid of all the old fucking trifts, getting rid of all the bad blood, getting rid of all the uh, crappy, non-functional shit in our society and arrive at a place as close to Star Trek or something like it as we can. How do we create a society where we can talk to each other and, and laugh as people and commiserate like a couple demigods. I mean, if human beings weren't so dragged in the mud by capitalism, we wouldn't have this mental health crisis. We wouldn't have all these people all upset all the time. We wouldn't have all the cases of depression and suicidal ideation. Now, it does happen, because I just mentioned a bunch of rich folks who did it too. So money doesn't do everything, but it certainly helps. If people had enough money to get by and not have to worry, they would become ultimately who they were meant to be. Think about that. That's what we want here at Chef Bright Comedy for everybody, whether you're in America or India or Bangladesh or China or Australia. I, I have 
audience members from all over the world. I see you there, Germany. I see you, England. People are people. I don't give a shit what color your skin is. I don't care what's between your legs. People are people are people. The end. And why we can't get right. And why we can't stick up for women's rights. And why we can't stick up for... Uh, uh, men to feel validated in our culture and why we can't stick up for black folks and brown folks and make it stick. Make sure, I mean, think about it. Why on earth is there a record high of racism going on today? Not 20 years ago, not 70 years ago, not during Jim Crow laws, but right now. Why is there so much misogyny? Why is there so much mistreatment of the sexes? And why is there such a uptick right now of angry hatred towards others in our culture today. I ask you, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. You guys who've been around for a little while, remember, I told the story when I was five years old at my fifth birthday. You know who was there? Who, you know who showed up? Aretha Franklin. And I got to hug her, her giant bosoms <laughs> engulfing my little white face. <laughs> oh, golly. But, you know, I'm guided by a sense of something spiritual, you guys. And I know I've talked about being an atheist. You're like, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. How can you be spiritual when you're an atheist? Well, because I don't necessarily believe in a deity, but I do believe in goodness and kindness and best practices for our society. And that's why I call myself a, a secular humanist. A humanist, you guys. We got to create better outcomes in our society, you guys. We got to start caring. If this show never gets huge and just stays niche and smaller, but by a small, dedicated audience of people who get it, who get me, who get Rebecca and I and what we're trying to do here. And I, God forbid, pass away or die or something. I'll be happy because I would much rather there be a body of work that my wife, Rebecca, and my followers could look on and say, he cared. He meant good in this life. He was an agent of good. He was one of the good ones. He was one of the real ones. I would much rather have that than have 10 years working at Target. And that's nothing against people who work at Target. Come on, you guys. Think about above all that. We're not talking about the people. We're talking about the systems that hold us in these jobs that we don't really want, but we do it because here we are, stuck. You know, and we're trying to fight for a better economy, a stronger economy that works for people. And that's why I I so often talk about creators, content creators, artists, musicians, poets. Those are the people, and teachers. Those are the people that are the nurturers of our society. That's why I love women. Women are our nurturers, you guys. They're more mature than men. They are more sensible than men. It's, 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 it, the only reason men are in charge is because we got bigger muscles and we're a little bit taller. That's probably the only thing <laughs> holding you guys back. Cause at the end of the day, we need, we need to equality now, you guys. Come on. And that's not a political statement. 
I like men too. There's a lot of great dudes out there too. So let's not get it twisted. I've just always had an affinity for females because they're good hearts. They have good, good, good hearts. And that gets me thinking about my grandma and my mom who's struggling with fibromyalgia like me. And I think about Rebecca's mom. What a dear soul she is. Susie, we love you. But we love you too, Pete. (laughs) Anyways, I hope the cheese isn't slipping too much off the cracker here for you guys. I'm just trying to wax a little fun. Wax a little nostalgic. Wax a little comfort food, you know? A little food for the soul. For something different. You know, I put on these cans every day and I get... I cozy up with my coffee here to this microphone and I'm like, welcome. You know, I get all enthusiastic. I do that because I really am enthusiastic for life. And I want that to show on this show who we are, warts and all. We're not trying to compete out there uh, with all the fancy pants of the world. We're not trying to be intellectuals. We're just trying to keep it real. There are people out there that are much smarter than me, more well-spoken. Uh, you know, I'm not stupid. I've got a pretty good, uh, good uh, you know, head on my shoulders, and so does Rebecca. But I just mean to say that there's there's people out there who are massive, massive minds, um, I'm all about having a massive, massive heart. You know, reminds me of uh, that movie with Keanu Reeves, The Replacements, where they had a bunch of replacement players and they ask, you know, it's halftime and they all go to the showers and they're losing. And, uh, you know, one of the dickhead uh, football quarterbacks steps over the line so that leaves johnny utah out or not johnny utah what's his name in that <laughs> keanu reeves's character right it's not johnny utah that's a different movie from him um but he he goes uh coach what are they going to need in the second quarter and he goes heart loads and loads of heart gene hackman ah uh, gets me every time because yes You can be smarter than a person. You can be um, more educated. You can be more classically trained. But uh, at the end of the day, you cannot take away a person's natural heart, their natural ability. I mean, think about Metallica. They started when they were 18 and 19 years old, and their music today still is considered a masterwork, even by trained musicians. That's a skill that you don't, you can't pay for. You either got it or you don't got it. <laughs> and um, I only use that as a, <clears throat> as a metaphor for the fact that we all have that. And we got to stop deciding on what's cool based on what society says is cool. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you know, it's like my friend long ago, he, <laughs> he discovered uh, Nirvana. It was about 2000. He's like, hey, bro. I go, what? He's all, I finally just broke down. I finally started listening to uh, Nirvana. I was like, oh, go for you, dude. And by then I'd moved on, you know. (laughs) And he's like, you know what? I'm like, what? He's like, they're really good. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, you, you, you don't say. <laughs> yes, they are. And, uh, and so sometimes popular is good because, and because they're good because they're popular because they're good. So you can't say that everything that's popular is bad because a lot of good stuff is good. It's popular because it is really good. <laughs> so that being said, uh, I just mean, you know, it's like society is this machine, you know, and it's sort of garbage in, garbage out. And uh, here you go. This is what we're giving you today. And we don't hold uh, people to the right standards. And so over time, I grew up in a time where, you know, there was Journey and there was Rush and there was Metallica and there was all these great bands. And, you know, and I keep hearing people make this argument that music is still every bit as good as it used to be. I'm sorry, you're just not right. <laughs> that doesn't mean that there's no good music, though, you guys. And that doesn't give us any right to bash what people like or to crap on um, newer music or newer artists. That's not what I mean. I just mean to say that... We pass the torch generation to generation so that good guitar work and good drumming and good singing uh, was a staple of our society. And somewhere between 2000 and now, uh, music just isn't, uh, it's not as routinely good as it used to be. I don't know why. Maybe, you know, we fucked up the earth and we fucked up the. I don't know. Maybe we fucked up society in such a way where people aren't growing up learning the grit and tenacity to be a good artist. I don't I don't know what changed. I honestly don't. I'm not trying to crap on any uh, of the younger folks out there because I really think that there's a lot of good younger people out there doing good stuff and they deserve to grow up in a society like we did. I got to see all the cool bands. I got to go see Alice in Chains and Soundgarden back when it was still, you know, fresh and, and, and brand new, you know, and it was a very unique experience growing up in the 80s and 90s. And what I mean to say is, is that Rebecca and I have a wealth of experience that, and we want to be sort of your surrogate parents, if you will. Unless you know you're the same age as us, but you 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 can you can get you can you can be our you will be your surrogate parent too though. But I just mean to say that we've got this age and learned wisdom that we want to share with the world before before the world goes to shit before before it's too late before we die. We want to contribute to this world in some appreciable positive way before it's too late. Yes, I get sick of capitalism and it's fucking silly low-paying games i get sick of uh, congress and and uh, republicans trying to take away people's uh, right to a say people's uh, decent wages you know and i'm not saying democrats are perfect far from it um but at least they're fucking trying you know don't look at what politicians uh, uh tell you look at their voting record that'll tell you where their values are Anyways, just to wind this down, I, I I apologize if 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 I'm getting a little you know all over the place. I I just um I felt the need to come on today to let you guys know that Rebecca and I are trying our hardest, not only as a married couple living in <clears throat> the new era. 
Things aren't the same anymore, you guys, as we remember, even when we first got married 13 years ago. Things were different then. They were a little better then. Things are just getting more dire. The world's getting more serious and uptight. And people have more and more reasons to be depressed and more and more reasons to be anxious and more and more reasons to be broken. And all we're trying to do is let people be who they are, warts and all. We don't care if you're conservative. We don't care if you're a Christian or not. We have nothing against religion. In fact, I love me some homespun Christian values. It's just that we can't use religion as a salve if we don't necessarily believe in whether it's accurate or not, or if if, if the world becomes so harsh and cruel that it just forces us all to run into the arms of religion, open arms without thinking critically about whether or not it's, it's a real thing or not. Well, and I don't mean to say that to offend anyone, but think about it. How can you just open arms, believe this shit without evidence? <laughs> and that's why we get into the paranormal too, because we want evidence. We want fact-based reality. Yes, I believe in Bigfoot because the evidence has met my burden of proof. Yes, I believe in ghosts because the evidence has bared out. At the end of the day, I call myself a realized empath and I know that confuses people. Well, how can you be an empath and, and be this and this? And how can you trash talk? And how can you be negative? And how can you because I'm a person first. That's how. Jesus Christ. Everybody wants to fit neatly in their little fucking place. And I just, you guys, that's not what life is. We are these dynamic beings capable of multitasking, capable of being simultaneously sad and happy. We are capable of so much. We are luminous beings. And uh, I would love for all of us to set aside our differences long enough to create a society that we can be proud of, a society of community and of helping one another. I don't know how many episodes I've done where I've pleaded with people, please help us out. Just a buck or two. We're not, we don't want you to go broke. We know times are tough. We get it. We just want to be able to pay for and facilitate this show so that we can grow big enough to get to the next level and continue growing and growing and growing until we are a daily resource for regular working people. Regardless of your race, regardless of your ethnicity or what country you come from, and regardless of whether you're male or female or black or white or Christian or atheist, at the end of the day, rich people have their community that helps each other. They're called think tanks. We, you guys, have to be the regular folk think tanks. We have to be a think tank and think how we're going to preserve democracy and freedom and beauty and art and culture and, and love before our society loses the point and we lose our communal voice and we lose our ability to fight, our ability to maintain freedom to maintain democracy, and to maintain a life that we can be proud of. Because like I said, you can't evolve if you're so busy working down there at the factory or working in retail. If you're so busy just working all the time, how in the shit are you going to be free? How are you going to unplug from that long enough to do what you want to do for you? 
You got to find the time, you guys. You got to find the time. I could be working right now as a chef, making way more money, but I prefer to do this because I love it and I want to do right by this society before it's too late. And at the risk of sounding, you know, heavy-handed, um, yes, I have real depression that, yes, I have contemplated suicide before. Not because of being broke, not because of jobs, not because something somebody said. I couldn't give a shit what people think. I mean, we all feel it, but you have to learn to ignore those things when you grow up. It's about, you know, just like Anthony Bourdain. He, despite the fact that he found success, found his voice in writing, found his voice in hosting shows and being the world traveler that he is, despite all that, he still felt like he was struggling to find a reason to live, a, a reason to get, to get happy. And I'm here to tell you, you don't need a reason to, to be happy other than that you're, you're here. You're here and you're free. And that in it of itself is enough reason to be happy. And that's why I hate my depression because I'm so ready to get motivated and do what's necessary to create a better world, a happier world, a kinder world. We can do it together. But we need your help, you guys. And that's why if you can pitch in just a couple bucks, I mean, it would go a long way. A long, long way. And soon we'll have merch. And soon we'll be on YouTube. So please, whatever you guys can do to share. Share the show with your friends, especially those episodes that you think uh, would help your uh, grandma or your brother or your sister or your mom or your friend. Share those with them on social media. And if you can, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Come on over. Chef Bright Comedy. I've got six whole subscribers. Six whole subscribers. I've toiled hundreds of hours for two years, and I, I have all of six subscribers. <laughs> it's so... It, it, and and I, 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 I... You know... I struggled whether or not I was going to admit all that because they say that if you want people to think you're fancy and important, you have to act fancy and important. So don't let them see you sweat. Never tell them that you're not doing well. Always show your, never show your hand. Always, you know, all these things. But no, we're doing fine. The numbers are great. They could just be better. And the YouTube channel, uh, the YouTube channels is virtually new. So six subscribers is uh, okay. It's only two months old. <laughs> so there's no stink of death here. I just want to be brutally honest with you guys. We love you guys. We care about you and we will fight for you. We will fight for you in politics. We will fight for you in society. We will fight for best practices. We will fight for an intelligent and classy and worldly society. We will fight for salt of the earth, regular Joe average people, the underdogs, the working class heroes. Because that's who we are and that's what we care about. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for listening to me go on. I, I hate 
that I have depression because it fucks up my life and it fucks up my thoughts and I can't always maintain as often as I would like. And now that I have a chronic pain condition, I'm just like, God damn it. I have so much to give and I have to always center and find, like I have to pull in, I have to take days off because of chronic pain and I have to, you know, self-care a lot because that's what happens when you get older and you have a chronic pain condition, when you have depression is you have to pull in and figure out what am I doing here? Why do I care? What am I doing? Why am I motivated? What is even the point of all this? And, and you know, that's why ignorance is bliss. You guys, intelligence is difficult. Being sensitive is hard, but we do it because we know there's others like us out there and we're trying to find you guys. We are a beacon of hope, a beacon of success, a beacon of robust living not because we've had everything handed to us. Fuck no. Rebecca and I have had to scrape and skimp for every thread of clothing, everything in our life we've, we've had to buy and scrimp and save and, and, and earn it. And so we want to earn something else now. We want to earn your trust. We want to earn your friendship. We want to earn your support. And we want to earn it not just through words, but through actions as well. So if you want to be a part of this, you want to get on this mission of bettering the world through best practices and through small P progress of just being decent to each other, come on over to my link tree. You can listen to the podcast there. You could uh, leave us a couple dollars there on Venmo or... um, PayPal or Cash App. You could, uh, you know, message us on Instagram. Say, hey, I've listened to your show. I really like what you're doing. Or you could uh, criticize us if you really feel like you have to. Um, at the end of the day, I hope you guys like what we do. We're trying to 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 be different. We're trying to be unique in the sense that we're truly trying to be ourselves and authentic and honest emotionally honest with you guys and that's what it's all about so if you want to get on board you know subscribe to the youtube channel please do look out for uh, chef bry's food for thought coming soon i'm just trying to make last minute adjustments to how i want to um you know organize that show and uh we will be doing paranormal videos very very shortly on youtube Thank you guys for those who care. Thank you for those who give a shit, frankly, because not some days I, I'm not feeling the love you guys. I'm not feeling the love always. And so, um, I have to find the love myself and then, and then, um, broadcast that back out to you. And, and sometimes that's not always so easy. So thank you guys for your friendship and your support and anything and everything you do to make us feel valid and worthy in this world uh, it means a lot and that's what we want to do for you as well so thank you guys have a good one we'll see you next time bye bye